We are 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio, a community station powered by youth. We broadcast the voices and culture of Boston youth through music, stories, and bilingual conversations. And right now, you're tuned into The Firehouse. Hey guys, we're back on The Firehouse. And my name is Gabby. Listen here on Zoomix Radio 94.9. You're here with special guests, Shapong and Renee. Hey guys, hey guys. We're going to get it started. So when researching your website and just like who you are, I realized that you've accomplished so much. How did you, like when did you know that like wearing multiple hats Mm. was going to be a thing? Because a lot of people are like, I love doing things, but I'm going to be in accounting for the rest Mm. of my life. (laughs) That's such an interesting question, Gabby. Um, Was there a moment when I knew? (laughs) I think almost it almost feels like I didn't realize that's what I was doing until other people started pointing it out to me. Um, I guess I just have a lot of things that are interesting to me or make me curious or make me excited. Um, so I've been lucky to have opportunities that supported me to like pursue them in the form of a project or like get pulled in a lot of directions. I definitely had people tell me, maybe you should focus on one thing. Like, gosh, you're, you know, like you always seem to be doing like something new and, um, been, I guess I just feel fortunate that I've had the chance to kind of like follow things I feel excited about. That is definitely like an, such an important direction and like root for living in general. And I've, I've realized that has kind of become more in the mainstream with or just the people that I know. I don't know if it's be- becoming more popular to wear more hats or if I'm just learning about more people that are doing different things. But just exercising different muscles is so important. And one of the things that I've realized now as an adolescent is that like, oh, I can, right now is the time where I can exercise this because I'm not, there's no mortgage I have to pay. So I've been like stretching as far as possible and like reaching my fingertips at like all the fun, glittery and curious curious things in my life. So, you know, how did that, you said you've always been involved in just like approaching that with curiosity and getting attained to things that you enjoy. How is that in, like, the realm of, like, teen angst and growing up in an environment? Mm. Well, it's so funny because you were talking about describing yourself and you framed it as an adolescent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm still an adolescent in some ways because mm-hmm. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids yet. So I'm like, I do feel like I'm also in this time of my life where I have some freedom that, like, I'm not necessarily always going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had a hard time when I was a teenager in some ways because I felt a lot of, I I didn't feel like, I didn't feel as much freedom as I feel as an adult. Um, I went to a a high school that was pretty academically rigorous and um, I didn't have friends who were musicians at my school. Um, I eventually found folks in a youth orchestra program that I was a part of to like bond with (laughs) around music. My sister reminds me that I spent a lot of time like in my room teaching myself to play the guitar with the door closed, you know, like, like you know, kind of mm. doing my own thing to try to find yeah. a comfortable place or something. I think the people that definitely have like that ugly cocoon of like being younger and being the odd one out. I mean, it's very much like a telltale, you know, story of like, oh, the ugly duckling or someone that didn't fit in is now super bright and amazing. But it's very hard um, I think like the further we go along the human timeline to find kids that are interested in things because they're interested in things rather than like fear or academics or like the accolades 
And so like finding that like bits and pieces within people of like, oh, I'm genuinely interested in being involved with the community or creating art or teaching myself things is quite the driving force. And I think is the only thing that's like pushing us forward and chugging us along and needing things that are happening. Speaking of needing, um, <laughs> artists, oh, what artists need? Nice. <laughs> um, your project. <laughs> I was talking to this about this with a friend and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And if you want to give like a brief overview of what you've done with our artists who need or what artists need. Sure. Yeah, so this was a um, few years back. I got to work with the city of Boston was doing a whole cultural planning process. So they were coming up with a 10-year plan. Um, but I was one of maybe five mm. who were engaged by the city. And um, I was noticing that not that many artists, other artists were coming to the meetings. Like a lot mm. of people who were part of an organization came to meetings. Um, but I was like, where are like people like me, the freelancers, the folks who are just kind of scraping by? And like that voice, you know, I wanted to make sure that those voices were contributing their ideas. And I, so this is an example of doing something that I wasn't an expert at yet because I had just started, <laughs> I had just started to experiment with making bread um, from a sourdough starter that a friend had given me. So I was like not very experienced yet, <laughs> but I thought it was so fun. And, um, and somehow I'm, I know I got inspiration from a lot of different sources, but mm -hmm. somehow, you know, I thought, well, like, let's make it a fun thing to call people together and not just say come to a meeting because, you know, who wants to go to another meeting like yeah. at the end of the day? Um, but like come and make bread together and get your hands dirty and eat, you know, like that sounds more fun to me. So um, so I organized a series of bread making parties in five neighborhoods in Boston and they were on five consecutive days, which is a really intense idea <laughs> it was a lot of work to pile into that amount of time but um but it was fun because we were actually like kneading you know mixing the dough at one party and that same dough the next day would get shaped into loaves at a second party oh, wow. and then it'd get baked on the third day and eaten so there was this like literal physical traveling of dough and you know dough being like maybe something we're talking about money or like capital or how people survive um but just a physical thing that was shared between artists in different neighborhoods and then also the conversation that we were conversations we were having as we made bread together and as we ate it together about like well what do we want to see what do we what, what's missing what what would make um you know if we can make our uh ideas known like what, what do we want to push for I feel like that's such like a quirky idea on the superficial, the concept and like the message of it. So <laughs> important and also amazing. Um, do you have any other projects coming up or like? I'm going to try to make a segue here because there's something I want to talk yeah. to you about. <laughs> but the idea of like connecting across neighborhoods has been, I think that project really sparked the need for that for me in Boston, particularly. Um, I think it's a problem that's in a lot of cities that, people may be separated by geography as well as a lot of other factors. And, you know, Boston has such a history of segregation, mm -hmm. racial segregation, um, economic segregation, and it's still, you know, it's still really a part of our topography as a city. Um, and having been here now 11 years, like I've just been observing and taking in and learning about, you know, the history mm -hmm. of the city and also how it is now and like, you know, feeling really a need for there to be more connections mm -hmm. generally. I mean, that's maybe, maybe that's just my philosophy about the world. Yeah. Yeah. It can <laughs> be broad. Yeah. Like macro we, or micro. Yeah. The macro and a micro, you know, it's like mm -hmm. that, that like the more people feel connected to each other, the more like relationships there are, um, the more likely 
we will work to help each other instead of you know hurting each other which sometimes happens in kind of a weirdly inadvertent way like the thing I want to say is I'm actually pretty excited about um, something coming up, which is going to be the third year that I'm organizing um, musicians from all over the city. Uh, they're, they're called the Musical Memorials, um, and it's part of, it's a collaboration with the Mother's Day Walk for Peace. Uh, it's a really amazing, beautiful community coming together event um, to support people who've lost loved ones to homicide, to raise money for the Peace Institute, but also really to make a showing in the city for peace. Um, so the walk uh, it's not only heavy, of course it's heavy, because you see uh, so many people who've been impacted, and some of them, it's been decades, and they're still, of course, dealing with the pain of that loss. Um, and some people, it's more recent, but you see, so it's heavy that way, but it's also, like, incredibly beautiful and, like inspiring and healing to be with thousand people walking for peace and for love and to to, to really show solidarity and mm-hmm. say like you know like any homicide in our community affects the whole community it doesn't just affect the immediate family or the immediate neighborhood or the immediate school which it does mm-hmm. but it's like a loss for the whole city so i've been organizing musicians to perform along that route um in honor of folks who've been um, lost to homicide such a profound thing and i think the way you bring up the power in people, whether in each question, it just comes back to the theme of like, as long as we unite, we can overcome, which is very overarching and very big and thematical, but it's very important to consider when doing work like this. Sometimes it's a lot of the, oh my God, this like one person is in my way or this one obstacle is in my way. It's never going to happen. But I think in a lot of, a lot of the work I, and I do involving organizing, I, taking that one step back for one moment and realizing that this is for a bigger cause and a greater cause and for, you know, the people that are affected by, you know, different degrees of whatever you're advocating for. It's really important. So for you, (laughs) my question to you would be, sorry, I was like buttoning around with the faders here. If you're wondering why all these like breathing noises are happening, (laughs) like (laughs) it's actually really windy in here. <laughs> Would you say that the way you listen to music is a lot different than the way you perform music? Because I, I don't know, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that create as well as our avid like listeners, mm-hmm. and so that transition can either be black and white or the same flow for them. Yeah, you know, I'm just getting back to listening. <laughs> I feel like for many years, I just I couldn't listen very much because I was playing so much or doing so much um, output as a musician that I, I and I would feel like if I was listening I had to be so focused and really like taking it in every detail um, that I would just need like quiet sometimes mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm coming you know it's like a pendulum swinging I'm coming back to a place in my life where I can um, really start to enjoy listening again and, and like discovering artists mm-hmm. that I didn't know before and, and just really loving that process Um, Speaking of making things, we're going to have a a little mini concert after our next break. If you want to like give a synopsis on like what you're going to be playing or. Sure. So um, I'm excited to have a chance to share something that maybe uh, doesn't get radio play that much in this country. (laughs) Um, So I'm Chinese American. I was born in the U.S. My parents were born in China and I for about 50 or so years I've been playing a Chinese instrument called the arhu which is like a distant cousin to the violin which I started playing when I was very young 
and it only has two strings, um, and it has whole like amazing tradition of of music. You know, I, I feel fortunate that I can kind of hopefully build some bridges by just sharing this amazing instrument sometimes. Um, and I'm doing um, more work with it also because I have a project in Boston Chinatown right now um, mm-hmm. called Sing Home, where I'm inviting people to share a song that they love. Um, and anyone who lives, works, or visits Chinatown is welcome mm. to be part of it. We're here on the firehouse, and we're having Shapong playing the Rahu. sound effect. (laughs) Really cool to have one. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on the firehouse. And I think you having you here and having important guests that are talking about things that not only are making change, but let audiences think and ponder about how they can make change and affect change in their own life is so important because every day I talk about how we have the option to reproduce or, you know, cut off the negative energy or the negative patterns in our communities and in ourselves and you know all of us here are a reflection of that of you know stopping the pattern and starting a new pattern it can start with yourself if you want to say any closing words um super inspiring to talk with you gabby you were amazing and it's great to be part of uh, zoomix radio thank you for having me thank you